Kimberly O'Donnell, and this is Accidental Fundraiser, a show from Network for Good that shares radically authentic stories from the trenches. The power of social media for fundraising is undeniable. So in this bonus episode, we're taking a deep dive to help you navigate some of those tools. I'm joined by Michelle Zalea, Strategic Partner Manager of Social Impact at Meta, which oversees tons of social media properties, including Facebook, Instagram, Oculus, and Messenger, just to name a few. Michelle is an expert in these channels, especially when it comes to fundraising. As you listen, you'll hear some tactical takeaways and ideas that you can implement right away. Let's start with some background on Facebook and Instagram specifically, and Michelle's take on why these platforms are so important for fundraising. So let's start with the big picture. Who makes up the Facebook and Instagram audience? Are there generational or geographic differences in the audiences? Yeah, we actually see a really broad usage across all demographics. When we build and improve our products, we think about ways to help people connect in new ways and to iterate on how things are just happening, happening organically on Facebook and Instagram. So for example, Facebook is really popular to connect with friends and family and be a part of groups. I know for myself, my main activity on Facebook now is a bunch of groups that I'm in. I'm in everything from parenting to a nonprofit challenge group to an interior design group. There's, if you have not dove into the group world on Facebook, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. And then on Instagram, we actually see a lot of creators and public figures and young people. Uh, we recently released our 2022 Instagram trend report. And as part of that shared that 52% of Gen Z follow social justice accounts. So young people are super passionate about social issues. And this year they will be doubling down and upping their efforts in order to cause change in the issues that they feel need their time, attention, and money. So I see this as a really interesting space where creators and nonprofits can come together to drive change. How many social media accounts do you recommend for a nonprofit that has one or two people assigned to, you know, focus on social media? What would be the best uh, scenario for, for an organization that wants to really leverage social media actively for their communications? I think it's really good to start with both Facebook and Instagram for brand awareness, to build community and to promote any events that you may have. I think a lot of people jump into social media to raise revenue, but they should think of social media as more of a way to build relationships. So once you have that trust, then you can ask for money and you'll probably have a higher success rate. I think people forget that fundraising on social media is very similar to fundraising in person, but it can feel really transactional because we're behind a screen and you're not face to face, but you're likely not going to get the results you're looking for if you haven't first built that relationship and built that trust with your followers. So when you're just getting started, I'd recommend frequent posts and interaction to start a dialogue and ongoing relationship with your supporters. So you really want to make sure that whoever's running your account 
is aligned with your organization's goals, target audiences, and is really tuned into that authentic storytelling piece for your organization. Oh, it's so true. And I know we've done other podcast episodes about the importance of storytelling and just being authentic in your communications. And I love what you say, which is, you know, build relationships, build trust. It's not about, you know, the money to begin with. It's about engaging this community of followers that you have. So such great advice as we kind of have organizations that are kicking around. Well, I don't really know what to do. How do I get started? Um, how do you recommend that a small nonprofit get started using Facebook and Instagram tools? So there's actually a couple of ways to get started with our fundraising tools and to receive payment. You can onboard directly with Facebook, which requires registration documentation and banking information so that Meta can issue electron electronic payments to you every 15 days. And 100% of the money that's raised on fundraisers on Instagram and Facebook goes directly to the nonprofit. We know that every dollar counts, so MetaCup covers the fees. And then the other way to receive funds is through Network for Goods, Donor Advised Fund. No banking information is required. Rather, they will verify your address through your nonprofit's GuideStar profile before issuing a physical check. Funds disbursement through Network for Good takes up to 75 days. So the advantages to onboarding on Facebook are not just limited to quicker payments, but nonprofits also have access to an array of additional features and tools to enhance their fundraising journey. And actually, until now, charities were required to sign up for Facebook's fundraising tools and onboard to Facebook Pay in order to raise funds on Instagram. But now charities that are part of Network for Goods Donor Advised Fund no longer need to go through that process, which means that more than 1.5 million organizations can benefit, which I'm super excited about. So if you want to learn more about that, I'd encourage you to visit our website, which is socialimpact.facebook.com. So because I work with Network for Good and I'm familiar with um, the payment process of this, when you onboard with Meta directly, it's going to take about 15 days to receive the payment. If you were to use Network for Goods, Donor Advised Fund, it could take up to 75 days. And the difference really is that it's the processing, right? Because the organization has to be vetted that's that's receiving the funds. The uh, you know Meta has to send a list of all of these charities. I mean, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of charities that are receiving dollars. And, and there's just processing time that's in between. So just want to bring that to light for our listeners. Why should a small nonprofit get started using Facebook and Instagram tools? Facebook and Instagram allow you to tell your organization's story in a really beautiful way. You can engage your supporters, retain their attention, raise awareness for your brand, and increase giving opportunities. I love when organizations highlight their supporters or beneficiaries in posts that introduce us to them. Autism Speaks does a wonderful job of this. They highlight certain individuals through posts that say, like, meet Aiden or meet Cooper and they just introduce us to some of their beneficiaries. And it's these really beautiful, incredible stories about things that they love or who they are. And it's just that human, human to human connection that just reminds us that we're all so much more similar than we think we are. 
And what's amazing about social media is this organic domino effect that happens. So if I follow Autism Speaks, for example, and I see one of these posts, and if I share it or if I like it, one of my friends may see that and may be introduced to an organization. And that goes on and on and on, which I think is just an incredible way to get that brand awareness out there. What I love about our giving products like fundraisers and drives and volunteering is that they're putting the power in the hands of the people who are living and working closely to the change that they're trying to create in their communities. And so there's a bunch of different, as you said, products there, drives and volunteering, especially. Can, can you tell us a little bit about the drives? Drives lives within community help. And this is a place where organizations can create a drive or a list of items for in-kind donations that supporters can contribute directly to. So your drive will be visible on your page and community help, and it's shareable across Facebook to maximize the number of people you reach and the total number of items that you collect. And then volunteering, uh, this is also found in community help, and organizations can find volunteers of any skill level for shifts on certain days and times. So when people sign up, they'll be sent reminders, they can invite their friends, and you'll receive a batched email of signups, and you can export that to your volunteer list. So this can live also publicly on your page and is also shareable across Facebook as well. The drives are so important. We've seen during the pandemic an increase in what's called mutual aid. So people coming together, crowdfunding for a person's operation or somebody needs a new refrigerator or whatever. And so this, through drives, it's a great opportunity for nonprofits to ask for those in-kind gifts, those support, the additional, you know, mutual support that may be needed for some of their programs, but also for some of their beneficiaries. It's just a great tool if our listeners haven't given it a go yet. And the fact that that you can now have uh, volunteers sign up through Facebook is just so cool. I want to step into some scenarios of different ways that nonprofits could use Facebook and the Instagram tools. Can I ask you, you know, some rapid fire questions about that? Yes, let's do it. Okay. What if an organization doesn't have many followers? I hear it all the time from different, you know, from charities. They're like, oh, I just don't have much of a base. So why should I even be on Facebook or Instagram? What would you recommend if they don't have a lot of followers and they want to build community? First, that you need to be posting high quality, relevant, and compelling content that is going to interest your target audience. And make sure that you're posting frequently and consistently. And don't be afraid to ask people what they want to see or hear from you. And again, that authentic piece. Be authentic. I cannot stress that enough. We also have page insights that I would recommend you use to find out who your audience is so that you're creating the right type of content for the community on the platform for you. Smart. And when you talk about high quality and relevant, compelling content, it doesn't have to be beautifully produced. You know, it, it can be very authentic off of your phone. It's making it feel real and really interesting, right? Exactly. No, you do not need a million dollar production company to be helping you with your posts. This is just, again, you're going to hear me repeat this authentic piece over and over and over today. It's just really showcasing the work that you're doing every single day and that real in the moment 
authentic work that's happening. That's what people really want to see. Now, what uh, what if you want to showcase an upcoming event? I think the most important thing for that is building momentum and excitement. So creating a Facebook event so that people are invited to it, they're aware, and that even builds a community within the event where you can post, you can get people excited. You can do this through organic posting on Facebook. You can do email marketing. I think just really getting the word out there that an event is happening and building that excitement and momentum. What if you want to fundraise during a specific period of time, like year end, a giving day, or there's a special event or project coming up? I know that year end giving is a big moment for a lot of nonprofits, specifically around Giving Tuesday. And the biggest advice I would have is to make sure that you have a plan and a theme and a content calendar and a specific time frame that your fundraiser is going to last. We know that in North America, starting a fundraiser about two weeks before Giving Tuesday specifically will give it the best chance to be successful. So in your content calendar, you would include the fundraiser day or range of dates and the promotion of the fundraiser prior to kickoff. And as you're creating your content calendar for end of year giving specifically, think about what that theme is going to be or how you want it to be branded. And a lot of that can come through the day-to-day experiences of your beneficiaries and how your organization is serving those people, places, ideas, animals, creative works, faith-based activities, etc. So you want to think about how these experiences could easily be captured, maybe even in Instagram stories. The most engaging stories that we see are made in the moment using a combination of videos and photos and creative tools that are giving supporters a window into the everyday realities of your beneficiaries. You can add a donation sticker in Instagram stories. You can create a fundraiser to encourage your donors to fundraise for you on Instagram as well. Last rapid fire question. We hear about organizations that are nervous about doing live broadcasts. Can you share why it's beneficial? Yes. So when considering going live, you want to determine if there's something relevant, engaging, and interesting that your supporters would want to participate in and share with their networks as well. So do not use live just to use live. You want to be sure that it's beneficial to your followers and maybe even something that they don't have access to on a day-to-day basis. American Foundation for Suicide Prevention did a phenomenal job with this during National Suicide Prevention Week in September. They had a live stream on Facebook where they invited celebrities, influencers, artists, clinical and medical professionals, researchers, and advocates to come together to share their stories, perspective, and expertise on mental health and suicide prevention. So this is something that most people don't have access to on a day-to-day basis. And I think is something that people would likely want to tune into to just hear what's going on, see celebrities, see experts who are talking about something that probably really matters to them if this is a cause that they follow. And 
American Foundation for Suicide Prevention attached a fundraiser to this live stream, and they actually raised close to $15,000, which was amazing. So that is an option for you. If you are going live, you can add a Facebook fundraiser to the live. You can create the event ahead of time to alert your followers, then add a fundraiser link in the event page and have the fundraiser attached to the actual live event. So during your promotion, you can direct people to the event through paid ads, from your website, and organically. And just always keep in mind that your supporters need to see the opportunity to give multiple times before they're likely to give to you. So that's why I love the idea of attaching a fundraiser to a live event because it can live before the actual event and after the actual live event as well. You mentioned Facebook advertising. And I get a lot of questions as a coach about that. Can you talk a little bit about the benefits of Facebook advertising? Like, what is it? What are some of the best practices for small to medium-sized nonprofits? The first place I'm actually going to direct you to is our new website, because we have a whole section dedicated to ads there now. And it's an amazing way to get started. We have some blueprint courses that can help you learn all different tips and tricks. And again, our website is socialimpact.facebook.com. But overall, I would say that Facebook advertising can help raise awareness and funds for your cause. Running ads may help you and your campaign cultivate email signups, supporters, and donors that serve you in the long term. And we know that 55% of people who engage with nonprofits on social media end up taking some sort of action. So it's definitely an area that I recommend people look into. There's a lot of different strategies that can go hand in hand with using ads, including fundraising. We have a capability now that allows you to add a donate button to an ad. And historically, that would take you off site, off of Facebook and back to a nonprofit's website to donate. But now we have the capability to donate on Facebook through that donate button on an ad. So there's a lot of different ways that a nonprofit can get involved. And our website has a bunch of resources on how to get started. Very cool that donors can now donate right from the ad. Let's talk about fundraising on Facebook and Instagram. How long does it take to onboard on either of the platforms? So that process that we talked about earlier um, with onboarding through Facebook payments, after you submit all your banking information and documentation, it takes about two to three weeks. Not bad, but people who are planning an event or want to do some sort of fundraiser really need to plan it in advance because it could take the two to three weeks. So please, if, if, if there's only one thing that you take away from this podcast today, it should be that. What other tools are available on, on Facebook for fundraising? On Facebook, um, we have those two products that I've mentioned already for fundraising. You can go live and attach a fundraiser or on Facebook donation ads where you have an ad and you can add a donate button. Uh, we also have page fundraisers, which you can create right from your Facebook page. You can also have your supporters create a fundraiser on your behalf. Uh, we have the donate button that can go on posts or videos, uh, and it's a quick way for people to give funds to your organization without leaving Facebook. And we also add new donation features when we launch new features, such as 
live audio rooms. This is another new avenue that you can use. It lives on Facebook and it gives public figures, creators, and groups more ways to connect with their communities in real time about topics that they care about via an audio first experience. People can have real time conversations with peers and communities and fundraise for causes they support. You can add a donate button to your live audio room, which is super cool. So cool. And, you know, just another resource to have that to allow you to bring together your supporters, your community, even perhaps even your partners, donors, board members um, through that live audio room. Very cool. Now, what about uh, Instagram? What tools are available for fundraising? So on Instagram, we have Instagram nonprofit fundraisers which are a long-lasting way for supporters to give to your nonprofit cause. These are different from the Instagram donation sticker because fundraisers can go on an Instagram post and then be shared to stories. They can also be attached to more feed posts, added to live broadcasts, and attached to video, carousel, and image feed posts. So during the time that your fundraiser is active, you'll be able to share it on multiple posts and stories. And on the last day, your supporters will receive a final notification reminding them to give. So those fundraisers will also live at the top of your profile for the entire time that it's live and active. We also have Instagram group fundraising, which is when you have one of those fundraisers that are live. You can invite collaborators to join you in that group fundraiser, which is very similar to how offline fundraising is often done in a group activity with like walkathons and bake sales and concerts. We wanted to bring that same type of community to Instagram fundraisers so people can activate around a single cause together. And then we have a couple of other options on Instagram that are some quick and easy ways to donate. Uh, we have the uh, donate sticker that can go in stories. You can add a donate button to an Instagram live. And you can also direct people to the profile support button on your nonprofit profile. And once the support button is clicked, anyone in a supported country we'll see the option to either launch a fundraiser for you or to make a donation to you. And just like on Facebook, 100% of the funds donated go directly to the nonprofit. So if a nonprofit has issues, where do they go for help? If you have an issue, you can go to our help center, which is facebook.com slash help or our website, which is socialimpact.facebook.com. And both of those places have areas for you to get some help. And in terms of help, I love the new Social Impact website. There's a ton of resources there. So I encourage people to go check it out. I know that our personal fundraising coaches at Network for Good helped create some of the webinars that are on there. So check those out if you're interested in learning more about online strategies to encourage you know, year-round giving, or you want to learn more about community building, or there's one on setting up a content strategy, another one on how to reach more people and grow your following. We have some year-end uh, giving uh, tools as well, which is super helpful. So go check out that that social impact site. There's You may be surprised at how useful it is uh, to you and to your social fundraising planning. I want to talk about best practices. I would say that 
one um, thing that organizations love are those birthday fundraisers that their donors create for them. So do you have any best practices on how to execute a really great, what we would call third-party fundraiser? Absolutely. So yeah, these third-party fundraisers, I think we first go to birthday fundraisers, which I would encourage nonprofits to think about as part of a marketing strategy. Everyone has a birthday and you have the ability to market to them and fundraise on the platform. So you can do that through email campaigns, marketing campaigns, organic social posts to encourage people to donate their birthday to your cause. And think about that a major donor can still give up their birthday because it's their friends and family that they're asking to give. And a lot of people give because they care about the person, not even necessarily the cause. And this is another incredible way to introduce someone to a cause. We see these ripple effects of compassion thanks to the power of social connection. And people, especially now, are seeing need all around them, their friends, the causes and organizations they're passionate about for strangers during a crisis. And that drives them to want to do something and to give somehow. And when people do this publicly on Facebook, their friends can see it and be moved to give. Then friends of friends can see it and do the same. And before you know it, that call of action has been shared 500 times around the world. So the best tip, again, I think with any of these fundraisers is being authentic and being vulnerable. Susan G. Komen does a great job of encouraging this among their supporters. I loved their moments campaign, which illustrated a common thread among those affected by breast cancer. It's that idea that in a split second, this one moment can change your entire life. If that's you finding out yourself that you have breast cancer or somebody in your life. And even that idea of just a moment that can change your life, I think so many people can just relate to that. So this campaign had people sharing their moment, whatever that moment was for them that completely changed everything for them. And it's these millions of moments that bond and galvanize their community to donate to a cause that they really care about to try and end this disease forever. So that example of sharing your story, sharing your moment, to me is the most powerful example of how we can fundraise on social media. And what is impactful with that example as well is that you're showing the many faces of people who are affected by those moments. So it's not just the executive director, the board member, you know, the major gift donor. It, it's showing uh, a community of people who are feeling and are breathing and are supporting this organization in lots of different ways. And I think that really resonates across social media extremely well. Now, I know that there are some nonprofits that are nervous about being on Facebook and Instagram, even social media just in general, because of data or client sensitivities and their own privacy beliefs. What would you say to them? 
We know that nonprofits and people are only going to return and continue using our products if they're useful and if they feel like it's a valuable, safe place to be. So that's why protecting our community is a critical priority for us. We are understandably in a trust deficit right now, and we have a lot of work to do to build back trust with our communities. But we are doing the work, and we're continuing to dive deep with our partners, civil rights groups, and industry experts to learn more about how we can build the right products and tools to best serve everyone. Meta has resources available to nonprofits to help them better understand and use Facebook and Instagram. What are some of those resources? Yeah. So this website that I have been plugging all this time is um, we actually just recently launched our new social impact website, which we are very excited about. If you can't tell, it's a one-stop shop that's bringing together tools and resources to help Nonprofits raise awareness about their cause to build communities of active supporters to engage donors to motivate to fundraise. And even if you are experienced or brand new to meta technologies, the website is designed to just guide you to solutions that you need to accelerate your impact. So kind of like how you mentioned, Kimberly, we have webinars, we have success stories, we have fundraising solutions, community building, uh, product updates, e-learning, all kinds of things. So check it out. Again, it is socialimpact.facebook.com. What does the future of nonprofit engagement and fundraising look like on social? For both this year and let's say the next three years, what are you seeing? We know that giving is evolving. And people are looking for new ways to drive impact. The industry should and is preparing for approaches to giving beyond monetary donations. And many nonprofits are obviously no longer doing in-person events, partly driven by the pandemic, and are instead mobilizing their supporters online. I think now more than ever, I would encourage nonprofits to really invest in their online community because it's not going to just be important during a pandemic. Our community help tool is one of the many places that you can request and offer non-monetary assistance, such as the volunteering and drives that we talked about earlier. And this year, we're actually going to be introducing several new exciting tools for nonprofits to help them just continue to recognize the full potential and power of their community. I wish I could share more right now, but investing in nonprofits remains a top priority for us. And we'll be launching features specifically tailored to meet nonprofits' needs. So you're teasing us to say more is coming. Yes, more is coming. More amazing things are coming, I promise. That is awesome. That is awesome. And what else do you see in the future? Well, of course, how could I leave out the metaverse? We have... The metaverse? What's the metaverse? (laughs) So the metaverse, I will be transparent. I am still wrapping my brain around this as well. But the metaverse is a kind of virtual world. And with this technology, people can enter 
the digital world through virtual identity. So in a virtual space, people get a chance to hang out, shop, meet friends. Uh, and in the next five to 10 years, it's going to enable the next generation of social experiences, more engaging and immersive than I think any of us ever thought imaginable. And this will not be built by Meta alone, but it is ushering in a new chapter for our company. And we're super excited to be a part of this journey. And I know for myself, I just imagine over time the possibilities that this could unlock for people and communities like fundraising in the metaverse or virtual volunteering in countries that maybe have felt off limits due to cost or travel or time. It's really exciting to envision how much more we may be able to do and accomplish through the metaverse and bringing people together and really advocating for our missions as um, nonprofit organizations. Michelle, how much has been raised on Facebook and Instagram? People have raised more than $6 billion for nonprofits and personal causes on Facebook and Instagram, which is just mind-blowing to me. And our work is inspired by this generosity. And it, it, what's even more mind-blowing is that just in the past nine months, $1 billion of that was raised. So it's growing. Absolutely. Generosity is growing across your social platforms. Yes. Super exciting. The pandemic has put pressure on nonprofits to do more with so much less. And it's worse for black and brown communities. What have you seen? The pandemic has increased the desire to find ways to give back. In fact, even in the face of everything we've been dealing with for the last two years, people on Facebook and Instagram are being incredibly generous and donating what they can. And pre-pandemic and today, we see these ripple effects of compassion thanks to the power of social connection. So people see need all around them, their friends, the causes and organizations they're passionate about for strangers during a crisis. And that drives them to want to give. When people do this publicly on Facebook, their friends can see it and be moved to give. Then friends of friends can see and do the same. And before you know it, that call to action has been shared 500 times around the world. So powerful and so important to keep us all connected during these difficult times. It's really challenging times. Absolutely. Now more than ever. What do you love about being part of the social impact team? I, I worked in the nonprofit world before coming to Facebook. And I think what was most exciting for me was coming to a place and being at the intersection of tech and nonprofits where you can really drive such a huge impact that is on a global scale. So just being able to have this connection with my partners and on a day to day basis hear about all the amazing work that they're doing and provide ways and tools and tips and tricks to help accelerate their mission just feels like such, I feel so grateful and so lucky to do the job that I do. 
If you want to learn more about Facebook or Instagram's fundraising and community building opportunities, go to socialimpact.facebook.com for resources and information. I'm Kimberly, reminding you that yes, yes, you can. See you next time on Accidental Fundraiser and be sure to follow along wherever you get your audio.